Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoman's podcast for Oklahoma State football, presented by Zaxby's. Cure your craving, stop in today, or visit zaxby's.com. I am Scott Wright of the Oklahoman, joined by Jenny Carlson, our columnist. Jenny, we're going to do a defensive breakdown today. We're going to go back to front, start in the, uh, in the secondary, and work our way to the defensive line. I think uh, uh, pressing questions from uh, from least to most in uh, yeah. in, in that order. Uh, but let's uh, let's jump right in with the uh, with the secondary. Essentially, everybody back. Kenneth Edison Magruder was the only senior off of last year's group, um, but even the guys that uh, that are back had started and played and, and were heavily involved in this defense a year ago. Um, when you look at that group, uh, how confident do you feel Jim Knowles is in, the, in those guys? I think pretty confident. Um, I am writing for later this week about uh, how he is willing to take his chances, essentially, with an experienced secondary over an experienced defensive line, which he had the experienced defensive line a year ago, got great production out of that group. They were one of the best teams in the country when it came to their sack numbers to getting pressure on the quarterback, and yet they still gave up too many chunk plays that were game deciders. So Jim Knowles saying basically, hey, you know, I would rather have it this way than the other, Um, that you do have that kind of experience in the secondary and just how much those guys changed and improved over uh, the season last year I think was pretty dramatic um, in a lot of eyes. So, yeah, I I think he feels really good about him. You know, obviously, if you're going to play in the Big 12, you're going to have moments that aren't good. I mean, too many too many opportunities for you to look bad, to, to be perfect. So they're going to have times when they're not great. Um, you know, but I do think the experience that they got, in addition to the talent, I mean, I think they really think they've got some talented guys, especially at those safety spots. You know, guys like um, Colby Peel, Harville Peel, um, Jark Bernard, guys that, you know, I think with their abilities and their size and all of that, I, I think that those are guys that potentially could project to play, you know, pro football. So I think they really like what they've got back there. You throw in a couple of cornerbacks who are in their third year as starters, which is incredibly rare, no matter no matter the situation. Uh, there are NFL teams that would like to have their cornerbacks stick <laughs> stick around for three straight years. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the most important fact of it, these yes, these guys are talented, but they've seen it all now, or at least most of it. Um, they've been the, through the fire. They've uh, they've they've lived life on the island, and they understand what it takes to be a, a cornerback in this league. And I think that is going to pay huge dividends down the road. Like you said, these guys are going to get beat. It's uh, it's more about how you respond when you get beat, and we've seen positive uh, positive reactions from both of these guys, Rodarius Williams and AJ Green, that makes you think that uh, that they're going to be able to handle themselves maturely in those situations this year. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's got to be one of the uh, one of the, one of the toughest positions to play in in college football as a cornerback in the Big Twelve. Because especially in in this defense, you end up in a lot of uh, of, of single single coverage on on some really talented receivers yeah. and really good quarterbacks, and that's uh, that's the true life on the on the island for a cornerback. So it's uh, it's a, it's a difficult place to be, uh, and these guys having uh, having the experience that they've got, it's uh, it's really going to uh, to to kind of uh, help them heal some of those wounds a little bit quicker, I think, uh, because they know that they can come back the next drive and, and, and make the play, make the interception, whatever it might be. So 
that's uh, that's I think going to be a big key for for this group. Um, you know, moving back to the safeties, uh, we talked. I think on our post game podcast after the uh, Liberty Bowl, we talked about how big a game that was for them. I think we really saw them grow up toward the end of the year, and in particular that Liberty Bowl game, Jenny. Yeah, and you know, it's funny you bring that up because I was actually going to bring that up. <laughs> I was I was just thinking about that, and so we're on the same wave, wavelength here. But you know, they did have. Um, several guys that played uh, huge, had huge moments in that bowl game. And, you know, we talked a lot about um, in various ways leading up to that game, you know, what can you take away from that? You know, is, is that really a benefit? You know, Mike Gundy even went so far as to say, I don't know if guys even remember that into spring conditioning and that sort of thing. But in talking to some of these defensive assistants uh, a couple weeks ago, Tim Duffy stands out in my mind. You know, he saw and obviously those guys saw just where they had gotten to Mm -hmm. that, you know, you saw not only, you know, Colby Peel make a huge play at the end of the game, but. You know, this gets back to cornerback, but a guy like Kima Sivarand is out there playing yep. and, and, and doing some good things at that position. You know, uh, I don't really think that they want to have A.J. Green and Rodarius Williams off the field that much. Mm-hmm. But the way it is in the Big 12, you're probably going to need to let them catch a breather every once in a while. So guys like that getting a chance to get out there, play against an NFL caliber quarterback uh, who knows what he's doing, who's got guys that are capable. I think that Bryce Ballas is another guy, yeah. you know, had some had some moments that you can build on and you, you're going to have to replace those guys eventually. I, know right. I, I don't want to talk about replacing them before the season starts, but <laughs> to get those guys out there to maybe get them additional snaps, what those guys did in the bowl allows those coaches to think, all right, we fed them a little bit there. Let's feed them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Let's feed them a little bit more, and the 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 you know the less wear and tear you can have on the guys that you do want to depend on, the better. So if you can play a Bryce Ballas more snaps in the in the non conference, that helps AJ Green down the line. If yeah. you can play Kima Sivarand a few extra snaps against Tulsa, that might help Rodarius Williams down the line. Those are the sorts of things that. Yes, I think they feel good, but they've got to continue to evolve because you don't want to be caught in that same position as they were a year ago, again in another year or two, when you lose some of these guys and they age out. So I think that that's, um, I think that bowl game was was really a nice touchstone for a lot of those secondary guys. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at uh, look at the guys that are going to be backing up those safeties. Uh, Trey Sterling was a guy who, uh, who Jim Knowles and some others were very high on uh, coming out of the spring. Um, Jason Taylor II from Carl Albert was a guy that uh, at the end of the year they came around and uh, took advantage of that redshirt rule, got him in on some special teams. Um, and then uh, Tanner McAllister, they they uh, they burned his redshirt year as a, uh, as a as a backup, but but he played some really significant snaps, was on the field a lot uh, in that uh, in that bowl game in particular after he made the move from cornerback over to. Uh, to safety, so um, they've got guys that they really feel comfortable with in in backing up those safeties as well. Uh, they're so deep across the board in the secondary right now that uh, that you it really feels like uh, like Jim Knowles is going to uh, to take full advantage of that. Uh, now, from all the positive things we said, Jenny, is there a, is there a concern in this group? Do you see do you see anything that uh, that that should worry Jim Knowles or uh, or the secondary coaches? Well, I mean, I think you always just, you know, you've got to be taking stock of where your guys are. Um, you know, you, you with with the way the Big 12 is, 
You know, you always want to be adjusting and figuring out how can we do things a little different? How can we keep offenses guessing a little bit about where we are, where we're coming from? Um, But I think, too, with that secondary, the thing that you might worry most about, while what I said earlier, I still think this is the preferable position as to a year ago. They would much rather have this experienced secondary than an experienced defensive line. You still, if you're in the secondary, have got to hope that defensive line gives you something. That defensive front cannot allow these quarterbacks in the Big 12. They're maybe not as ballyhooed as they were a year ago or two years ago, but they're capable, and they'll pick you apart if you let them stand back there. So that defensive line has got to get some amount of pressure um, on the passing game to not leave those guys out there an extra second or two seconds trying to cover. So to me, that that interplay of, of trying to use that secondary strength and, you know, make adjustments that might that might, you know, have offenses wondering, what are they going to bring this time? How is this going to look? How is it going to be different? Use that to your advantage, but then also you've got to hope that your your defensive line doesn't leave you out there forever. One thing I'll be curious to see, uh, there was a phrase that Mike Gundy used a lot last year in talking particularly about the young safeties, saying that they got their eyes violated. It always made me feel a little uncomfortable when he said it because I wasn't exactly sure what he was talking about. But um, <laughs> Sounds nasty. It really does. It, it really does. It sounds, it sounds horrible. Um, but but what, what he meant was they were, they were watching guys in motion and losing track of their assignments based on where guys were going or, or you know, uh, run pass option stuff, different things like that. And uh, they were, they were, their eyes were going to the wrong spot, and they were losing track of their assignments. So that's the thing that you you want to see those guys make progress in uh, in an area like that. And uh, I mean, I don't want anybody getting their eyes violated, so I so I'm hopeful that they don't have that issue any any longer. Um, Sounds messy. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's the thing that I'm uh, I'm curious to see if they've made the progress in that area that uh, that that Mike Gunny, Jim Knowles, and everybody are uh, are, are working toward. Um, last thing before we take a break, Jenny, is there a, is there a guy in there that you think could uh, could step up from uh, from being a really good player last year to being a star, or is there a guy that we haven't been talking about? About as much that could become a breakout player. What uh, what do you see in that group that uh, that, that could change in in terms of elevating a player? You know, I think it'll be interesting to see um, uh, how. Uh, and I don't know how to say his first name, but Dizadare, help me, <laughs> Nadrian, Nadrian mm-hmm. Dizadare. Uh, I think they're calling him Dizzy. Mm-hmm. How he plays into this whole thing. Yep. He's he's a true freshman out of Shreveport Evangel, which is where Jark Bernard's right. from. Um, Evangel, very well-known program, has produced a ton of high-level uh, college um, uh, players. Now he's maybe more a linebacker. He's yeah, he's kind of an is undersized he linebacker. Bit, he's a little bit he's, of a hybrid. Yeah, he's maybe gonna okay. There. So I don't know how he plays if he if he ends up more in the linebacker group or if you see him a little bit more in coverage. But um, you know, Jark Bernard. Speaking of Evangel, maybe a guy that we sort of see step forward. Uh, I I I think a lot of what Colby Peel uh, brings to the table, but Bernard, it sounds like he is one of those guys that arrived at a more advanced understanding of of major college football athletically. I think they've always liked what he brought athletically to the field, and now that he's got that year under his belt, uh, being out there a lot, he may be a guy that sort of starts to step forward uh, and, and, you know, 
really solidifies his star in the secondary. I, I'm really curious to see where he is in year two. A guy that we haven't yet discussed, uh, I'm going to throw out right here. I'm curious to see how much defense he actually plays. Uh, but Thomas Harper is going to be on the field somewhere. He came in as an early enrollee and, and was getting a lot of buzz, particularly from Mike Gundy uh, in the spring. That's uh, that's continued on through uh, through the fall now, uh, through preseason camp, and uh, he's been working in with the second team at cornerback. Uh, we'll see if he if he gets in the mix there. If it's just special teams, um, both uh, coverage and uh, and return game that he's involved in. Uh, but I think he's a guy that's going to find his way onto the field at some level, and you know that might not be too important for this year, but it might be very important for a year from now whenever uh, you know they're needing to replace AJ Green. So. Um, curious to see how he uh, how he fix, fits in the mix. Uh, with that, let's take a quick break. This is the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. I am Scott Wright of the Oklahoma, joined by columnist Jenny Carlson. Linebacker next on the list. Uh, only two of those guys out there in this four-two-five defensive. Jim Knowles, uh, but some uh, some some question marks more so than uh, than in the secondary. You've got uh, experienced players like Calvin Bundage, Amon Ogbong Bamiga. Uh, Devin Harper is 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 injured right now. We don't know when he might be re- return, and uh, and Kevin Henry, a guy that uh, was coming on strong last year, that I'm curious to see what uh, what he can do. And then he gets to some of those young guys uh, and uh, and and walk ons. Honestly, uh, after that, to, uh, to to build some depth. Uh, when you uh, when you when you look at it, Jenny, it sounds like um, Jim Knowles is almost more concerned about linebacker than uh, than his defensive line. Yeah, you know that's it is an interesting point, and you know I think that they've got they've got bodies at that position, but mm-hmm. who who's really going to step in and, and take those spots, especially with the injuries as you've pointed out, um, and and bondage apparently too. Yeah, he's uh, a little dinged up as well. Yeah, so I mean. I don't know if any of those are are long lasting. If if the, you know we're talking about half the season or anything like that, but mm-hmm. you know you you don't want you don't want to go too off along without some experienced guys in there. And obviously, Bundage with his um, with his ability to sort of flex at different positions, you know, to be more of a stand up end type pass rusher from time to time to use that speed um, that he has to affect things I think that Jim Knowles likes that I think he wants to use that um, does Kevin Henry is he able to to be a starter that caliber of guy uh, you know I think that that's that's a little up in the air you know they really haven't had many questions at who who are the linebackers right. you know these last few years I'd say last five years I can't think of really you know you might have had some guys that were vying for those positions mm-hmm. but you felt like all right you know they're they, they've got capable able ready to go guys and even though they're only using the two in this defensive alignment you know who are the two and Mm -hmm. and i think the fact that you do have that inexperienced defensive line you would really like to have some some guys that you feel stable and comfortable with at linebacker to clean up some messes every once in a while because they're, they're gonna happen i mean even with a good defensive line, you occasionally have those those times, and so I think that that's it's got to be a little bit of a concern yeah. in a way that you know 
it's probably not I don't think it's being talked about nearly as much I mean obviously who starts at quarterback is a sexy question of Mm -hmm. of the preseason defensive line because it's a wholesale remake everybody's looking at that but I think quietly what's that linebacker group looking like is 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 more of a concern than maybe everybody's given it uh, attention to. Yeah, I would agree. You know, um, you know, you look back just the last few years at the middle linebacker position, and obviously the defense has changed with with Jim Knowles. But you had Chad Whitener, who was just a, a really stable rock in the middle. Uh, and then Justin Phillips moved over there last year, and he was a guy that had experience at, at the uh, at an outside spot and moved to the inside and was when was this, the same kind of guy, extremely reliable. Now you're looking at somebody new there, most likely. Ogbong um, Bomiga seems like the most uh, the most likely candidate there. Um, and, you know, he's a guy that's, that's played sparingly and, and played a lot of special teams, but hasn't been out there for, uh, you know, long series and, and, and drive after drive against a Big 12, uh, a Big 12 team so uh, you know trying to figure out what uh, what type of player he he's going to be is uh, is a big question and um, you know I think uh, I think if the season had to start today Kevin Henry probably starts at that uh, at that outside spot because I don't know if if bondage is quite ready with that uh, with that lower back injury but I think he'll be fine uh, probably in time you know we're still uh, still over over a week away uh, from uh, from game day so I think Bundage will be uh, back and involved. Um, Devin Harper is the one that I think that uh, coaches are most concerned about because that's been a, uh, a, a long-term issue with his foot. Uh, didn't practice in the spring and uh, still in a walking boot at uh, at, at the the last time we were at a, a practice where we were, we were able to go in and watch. So um, I think there's going to be uh, a couple of games missed uh, there, and after that. You're looking at uh, at uh, you know you mentioned Nadrian Desidere. Like I said, he's an undersized linebacker, but maybe he fits in somewhere. You know when when you know Knowles in passing situations likes to go to kind of a three three alignment and bring in an extra either a linebacker or uh, or a, a bigger safety, and that might be somewhere that Desidere fits in. Cameron Farrar similar in uh, in in that uh, uh, in that realm. Um, you know Philip Redwine Bryant, a, a walk on who has uh, just hung around and played. <laughs> he came in as a receiver. And they moved him to safety, and now he just kind of grew into a linebacker. And um, you know, he's a reliable guy, but hasn't hasn't played a ton. But uh, um, you know, there are some guys that uh, um, could be relied on more heavily than uh, than you would expect in uh, in 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 this situation. Well, if you look at last year, Justin Phillips is your leading tackler mm-hmm. on this defense a year ago, and uh, then uh, top ten, you've got Devin Harper, and mm-hmm. and. If you look at the rest of, um, you know, the linebackers, only Calvin Bundage is sort of a top 10 tackles type of guy on that list. So if Harper's out for a more extended period, then, uh, you know, the only real for sure guy is Bundage. And, you know, he might not be available that first week or two, it sounds like, potentially. Um, So they're really going to be asking some guys that have not – had to do a lot to do more and they may very well be capable i mean that's entirely possible that we're you know and and halfway through the season looking at this going why were we even worried about this i mean that's a possibility because you know they do have some guys that that have done some things but 
they're going to have to step up and do more. So yeah. I think that's going to be really worth watching as the season gets going. Yeah, it could end up being the Kirk Tucker situation where they had all those guys uh, get injured that that year when he was a senior, and all of a sudden this guy that's only been a special teams guy pretty much his entire career was having to having to start games and and play and 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 did yeah really well. Yeah. So um, I think we've kind of covered the biggest question <laughs> of, yeah. the, of the group. So uh, uh, is there is there a guy that uh, that you think could uh, could step to the forefront here? Well, I think it'll be interesting to see what Ambog Bumia does. Um, a guy that, you know, he may, maybe he's the, the, the Kurt Tucker role. Mm-hmm. I mean, a guy that has been used sparingly, you know, has seen the field, but not really in a consistent manner. If he does end up in one of those spots, and, you know, maybe that consistent playing time is the thing that, you know, he needs, that he elevates into and, you know, sort of finds a groove and finds, um, you know, where he belongs and how he can most impact games. Um, He's, you know, he's a guy that played in every game last year, um, doesn't have a ton of stats to his name, but um, has been a a guy that I think athletically and potential-wise they've liked from the get-go. So maybe a chance to get a more... Um, consistent spot out there starts you start to see that evolving that he becomes a guy that um, steps forward I, I, I would say too to a degree even though Calvin Bundage is a guy that you see had a huge impact stats wise on this team a year ago I would like to see him be more um, consistently dynamic um, he does things in games that are are eye-popping moments but then there are times when he just uh, either gets taken out of a play overruns a play I'd like to see him be that consistency evolve to the point that you know maybe he doesn't have as many of those whoa moments although I think he will but you would almost rather have something a little less than whoa Mm -hmm. if it's more consistent yeah and and so I think that could be really valuable to the Cowboys as well. Yeah, um, I think uh, I I think that he stabilizes a little bit this year. Um, I, I really think that that's uh, been a big focus for him. Um, you know, he dealt with some injuries last year, and it caused him to kind of get a, a little crazy because he's a guy who wants to make a play so bad, and and he got a little bit out of control at times, which has been a little bit of his character as well, even even when he was younger. But I think that he stabilizes this year as a senior. And uh, I think he, he's going to be a difference maker down the stretch for this team. Let's, uh, let's take one more quick break and uh, come back talk some uh, defensive line. This is the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zach. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I am Scott Wright of the Oklahoma, joined by columnist Jenny Carlson. Time to move to the defensive line. The uh, the question that everybody's been asking about on the defensive side of the ball since uh, since basically after the Liberty Bowl ended. Um, you know, six guys who were the the primary players last year at the at least early in the year. You know, if you throw Darian Daniels in the mix. Um, all gone. Uh, you know, four guys that got some some backup time last year, some transfers, whole lots of. Uh, it feels like chaos up there, Shinny. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's definitely going to be a different year. I mean, for for longtime Cowboy fans, they remember the days when defensive line was always a concern. Oh yeah. Before every season, who's going to play on the defensive line? Uh, are they going to be any good? Are they going to have any any depth? I mean, how is this going to how is this going to be held together? Mm-hmm. 
Over the last decade, that has really changed. Uh, you got to give credit to Joe Bob Clements and mm-hmm. now obviously bringing in Greg Richmond. Greg Richmond was one of the early um, sort of guys in this change yeah. for the OSU defensive line. Uh, you know, part of solidifying it to the point where it wasn't that annual right. uh, worry for, for the Cowboys. But this year, they, I mean, they knew they were going to lose a, a, a crop of guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could see it with their eligibility coming to an end. Then, obviously, you lose Darren Daniels unexpectedly to a transfer. You're without him. So there was an acknowledgement that they were going to have this turnover. So they were recruiting those guys. But it's still taken time and it's yeah. still it's still going to be difficult i mean they're still going to have struggles at that position i don't think there's any question about that i think that the the biggest help they got was that week that they got israel antwine immediately eligible and then got the transfer of kyle jr yeah. uh two guys that are going to be the anchors to that defensive line mm-hmm. you're going to see you're going to see them hold that hold that uh you know defensive tackle those two spots down i I, I mean, I can't imagine that there anybody else starts there when the season begins. Um, defensive end, to me, seems a little more up in the air. How are mm-hmm. they going to do that? But I think you've got an, an Antoine who played a lot at Colorado last year, was excellent for the Buffs uh, out in the, in the Pac-12 as a true freshman at mm-hmm. defensive tackle. That is not normal. Right. He's going to be really good there. And then Kyle Jr., a more experienced guy at a lower level, but still has the pedigree, the background. His dad played in the NFL to to be an effective defensive tackle. I think I, personally, I feel I feel I feel pretty good about the defensive tackle positions. Mm-hmm. Now, depth wise, you're going to have to have some guys come in and spell those two. They yep. can't play every snap of every game for the Cowboys. But to me, the defensive ends are where. It's a little more of a head scratcher to me, Scott. Yeah, it is. Especially, um, you know, Brock Morton and Mike Scott both got some experience behind Jordan Brelford last year, but they're both on the same side, and so you got you got your two experienced guys on uh, playing the same position, right? Uh, and inexperienced guys on on the other side, and that other side's going to look a, a, a lot different because you had some you had some guys like uh, some big bodied guys like uh, Jarrell Owens and uh, Cole Walterscheid over there mm-hmm. uh, but not like uh, not not 280 pound guys like they're going to be running out this year with Tyler Lacey who I think is probably the the leader in the clubhouse to be the starter and then Amadou Fafana another uh, you know as a junior college transfer guy who is uh, who is 280 and there was thoughts that he might uh, you know might eventually work his way into a defensive tackle but um, but they're uh, they're comfortable with him at end uh, he really showed some uh, some dynamic skills at the junior college level uh, whereas Tyler Lacey was uh, was a really impressive kid in high school but he's added 40 pounds since mm-hmm. then so you know it's uh, be interesting to see what uh, his development level is you know how well he kept his speed and his agility and all of those things so End is a uh, an interesting position. Um, the one thing about this whole group, uh, particularly with a guy like Antoine, who played some defensive end at Colorado and and can do some different things, or a guy like uh, like Brock Martin, who almost has a a middle linebacker type of look, you you can move him around and do some things like you did with with Brelford a year ago. Um, then you've got Mike Scott, who's uh, just looks like a uh, uh, you know, pure pass rush defensive yeah. end, so long and fast, right. takes big steps. Um, I think Jim Knowles has the potential to be very versatile in what he does 
with uh, with this group, Jenny. Yeah, I mean, he could. We've seen, uh, you know, these these stand up, you know, stand everybody up and mm-hmm. and, and bring them that way. Um, you know, we've seen guys move around. Um, so I think. You know, you bring up uh, Calvin Bundage. Um, you know, they may bring up some linebackers. They may try to to sort of flood those uh, those offensive linemen, those blockers, with some extra bodies. Um, they may have to do some things in in the looks that they give and and in the you know different uh, alignments that they throw out there, just to try to keep keep offenses guessing a little bit of where they're coming from. But I do think one of the things that they do have going for them at least as I see it, this looks more like a speed bunch to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not to say they didn't have speed these last few years on right. the defensive line, but, you know, you bring up a, a Mike Scott who's a longer, lankier guy. Mm-hmm. When you see him, you almost think tight end. Right, You exactly. know, a guy that could really move and run and, and, and be effective that way. So you don't necessarily think of him as clogging, uh, you know, holes or, mm-hmm. or, or occupying a lot, but – Man, the speed with which he could move, and I think Antoine um, uh, potentially the same way, Brock Martin same way. So you may see that where you know th- they need to try to find ways to to use that to their advantage, whereas maybe before they were looking to occupy, looking to open you know spots where the, their linebackers could mm-hmm. could make plays. Maybe right. now it's it's a it's a different look from the fact that their their biggest uh, their biggest asset maybe their speed. Mm-hmm. So how do you use that? How do you make that work? And you know maybe it's maybe over time they figure out some different things. And and as this group evolves, you 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 do it differently. But from the from the outside looking in, it appears to me like they've got some speed on that defensive line. That that might be the thing that they can play most towards as they then figure out who they are as a unit going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you, you talked about the defensive tackles, the two transfers. Um, you know, I think you're going to see some uh, some progress out of the guys that, uh, that that did get some experience last year, Brendan Evers and, and Cameron Murray, yeah. and then uh, coaches I've heard have been really high on Samuela Tui Halamaka, uh, who redshirted last. Year. That was a late grab in the uh, um, in the recruiting process uh, two years ago. A guy who came in and redshirted a season ago and and has really developed. They really like what they've uh, what they've seen out of him. Um, you know, and 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 some of the young guys. I don't know that though that there'll be uh, the opportunity for anybody like uh, like a Trace Ford to necessarily get involved. But he's at that at that spot where they're playing Brock Martin and Mike Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a guy that uh, that physically is, looks ready. Uh, for for the challenge, but you, you don't like to force a true freshman into action necessarily on the defensive right. line if you don't have to. Right. Uh, Jaden Jernigan on the inside, they've uh, they've liked him, and and uh, you know if depth becomes a real concern, I think he could be in the mix. But uh, uh, he's another guy you'd like to not have to not have to burn that red shirt on a on a guy in that spot. You know, I talked to uh, I talked to Joe Bob Clemens uh, back uh, when we had uh, our, uh, our availability with the assistants before the season started, and. I you know I asked him I said what's what's reasonable in terms of how many guys you could potentially use because as you're rattling off like a, a Cole Walterscheid mm-hmm. like they would that would that guy would so help them this year a guy oh, like yeah. that who's way down the pecking order well not way down but you know he's you, you don't hardly even maybe think about him first right. but a guy like that would be so helpful now you mm-hmm. you start to sort of wrap your head around 
that you know they were playing eight ten guys on a yeah. you know, just rotating basis and you you sort of lost track of who's out there is that mm-hmm. trey carter is that you know who do they have who yeah. who's on the field right now and i asked joe bob i said what's realistic now he, they hadn't had a practice but he said his goal is still eight to ten he would mm-hmm. still like to use eight to ten guys because of the amount of snaps the 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 fact that you don't want to uh, sort of in the same way we were talking about with your secondary, you want to give those guys a chance to be better later in the season by having that rotation, especially early on. And so it's going to be interesting. I, that may be the the thing I'm most curious to see. Yeah, I want to see who the starting lineup is. But to me, the bigger thing is, can they figure out a way to still do they have do they have eight guys that they can use mm-hmm. realistically? Do they have ten? I don't. I mean, I think that that's that's a big question mark. And when you're talking about the biggest guys on the defensive side of the ball in this league, you gotta have some bodies. And yep. so, how deep can they realistically go by the time Big Twelve play gets here? I think that's a real big uh, question out there for them right now. Yeah, and I think Oregon State presents a unique test for them because they're going to be uh, more inclined to run the ball. They've got a good running back. Um, so that's going to be a different test for them right off the bat to find out what uh, what they can do against a solid running game. All right, Jenny, we'll wrap it up with uh, with the the player that uh, you think will take a step forward, whether it's into stardom or uh, or just into a a much bigger role this year. Well, I can't help but pick Israel Antoine. I mean, <laughs> he's a local kid. Uh, I think both of us have gotten to know him a little bit over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting, interesting guy. Uh, interesting backstory. Played at Millwood. Part of uh, you know that defense a couple years ago that gave up what one touchdown during the playoffs. <laughs> right. I mean, just an unbelievable defensive performance by that that defense. And he was he was the star. That defensive line was the anchor point, and he was the anchor within that group. Um, so, and the again, I go back to the fact that as a true freshman, you know, let's 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 step back for a second and you know think about true freshman playing defensive tackle mm-hmm. um yes his skill set's a little bit different he's you know able to to as you mentioned go to the end and be more of a rush guy but you know you think about great defensive linemen we've had come out of this state i mean think about gerald mccoy mm-hmm. he did not play as a true freshman no so you know you put it in context I'm not. I'm not going to say that Israel Antoine is going to be a multi-time All-Pro and you know all right, of that stuff. Right. But that puts into context what he did a year ago, mm-hmm. physically, mentally, able to be in that position as a true freshman. So I'm very, very curious to see. I think he's going to be really good for the Cowboys. I, I he was really good for Colorado a year ago. I don't see any reason why he can't be good. At, o- at OSU this year. Yep, absolutely. That was going to be my answer. So I'll uh, I'll step to the side and say yeah, and and take Tyler Lacey. I think that uh, that he's going to really show uh, show some uh, some speed and some agility in a in a big body and be able to do some things at that uh, at that strong side defensive end that uh, are a little bit different than what they than what they've had the last few years. So um, I I think that there are reasons to be optimistic about this defensive line question is how long does it take to gel how you know develop that depth all of those things and uh, and you know are they uh, are they able to hold things together and uh, and be ready for uh, you know Texas in in, in late September so uh, that's uh, that's kind of uh, kind of the big concern so 
With that, Jenny, I think we'll wrap it up. This has been the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. Cure your cravings, stop in today or visit zaxby's.com.